Welcome, everybody, to the Ville House Podcast. I'm your host, Cruz Robbie Villanueva, alongside my beautiful co-host, Holly Nicole Villanueva. What's up, babes? Hello. Headphones are fitting loose today. Why? I don't know. I don't think I tightened. Your head's getting skinny. That's weird. <laughs> All right, you ready to do this? I'm as ready as I'm going to be. Yes. So we're late on the podcast again. Throw spears at us. Throw apples. Apples. Tomatoes. Uh, apples, that would hurt. Yeah, but better late than never. So here it goes. Uh, s- today, we are going through another round of questions. Uh, typically, some of my favorite podcasts. Uh, we'll see how this one turns out. Oh, no. Are you, you picking you've got hostile l- questions? Hostile questions. No. Just mm. general life questions. Okay. Perspective questions. Perspective. Um. So, we'll go back and forth. You ask a question. I'll ask a question. We'll answer. And see where life takes us. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Let's put a cap on this so we're not going over time. I'll do five. You do five. Five questions each? Oh, man. That really limits me to... I know because you heard all of my questions and I don't know what your questions look like. You didn't tell me all your questions. I told you the you majority. gave me a sample of questions. Okay. All right. Um, you can go first. I'll let you ask your question first. Let's see. I don't want to start with one that's super deep. What time of the day do you feel like is the best as a married couple for us to have a conversation? Time of day? Either, oh man, Uh, like with our schedule? Just in general, like if you had your choice of time of day to have just like a meaningful conversation, what time of day would you choose? Mm, The afternoon. So you have time to think about it and process it, hopefully. Yeah, because you have those conversations at night, and usually they'll keep. I I guess it's gonna keep you up no matter what. The morning, maybe I don't know. Is there? A, I feel like your brain is in like in bad conversation mode. This is just like in general. If we were just gonna like set aside time just to sit down and talk about general life, like how our day is going. Typically, we do that in like afternoon. Yeah, I mean, the only times we do it is lunch <coughs> and then after work. Yeah. Why are you looking at me crazy? Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. Oh, no. I mean, if I had, like, the choice to pick the time of day where we could have, like, meaningful conversations, I would say, like, brunch time. Brunch. Like 10 to 11 a.m. I feel like that's the perfect time of, like... I don't want to have a meaningful conversation when I first wake up in the morning before I'm firing on all cylinders. But like after I've had my coffee, my morning's already going. I'm in like a state of the day. I would say that would be like a good time. Well, my peak time is like eight and nine o'clock. So at night? No, in the morning. Oh, hard pass. So like if I need to be wide awake and like can think through things, eight nine o'clock. 10 might be pushing it uh, by 11 i'm like uh i'm out <laughs> i'm I'm ready to take a nap 
Well, our meaningful conversations suck, guys. <laughs> just kidding. Well, that's terrible. <laughs> you just said by 11 o'clock you want to take a nap. You don't want to talk to me. And I said that's the time where I want to talk to you the most. So we have to meet right in the middle. Compromise. At 10 o'clock. <laughs> just kidding. All right, so let's see. Oh, man. Uh, what should they teach you in school but don't? Oh, man. Real life? Taxes. How to do laundry. How to cook. Communication skills. How to have a conversation with somebody. Yeah. Public speaking. Yes. I have a list of so many things that I wish were taught in school. Yeah, finances in general, I think, is a big one that they should teach kids. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like just general finance, uh, financial responsibilities, debt, yeah, mortgages, um, like what minimum wage really equals out to compared to uh, the cost of living, especially if it's in your area. So, I have mixed feelings on, like, financial stability being taught in school. Um, I mean, not financial stability, I guess. I think you should understand money and things like that, like, where your money goes, investing. But when it comes to, like, minimum wage and what minimum wage equates to in the real world, I don't think teaching that in high school is appropriate. And the reason I say that is not like it's inappropriate to teach it, but... I feel like as long as you're living at home and all your bills are paid, you will never understand the struggle of earning a minimum wage. Like you could teach that to somebody, but it's like teaching somebody who always has groceries what it's like to be hungry. That's kind of like my thought process to it. So yes, I think it's important that they that high schoolers understand money. But I think getting into the nitty gritty of like this is what this means and breaking it down to that level of thought process, one, I don't think the students would be engaged in it. And two, I don't think like I think it should be a college level thing. Like once they're out of their parents' house, they're on their own. Even if they're living in the dorms, it's like okay, like you can get a job, but this is why money means things and if you have a basis knowledge of money like savings and investing and things like that I think uh, later in life is where things like the minimum wage and how money equates to life is I don't know Uh, I I disagree I think it should be taught as early as as possible so kids have a good uh, understanding of of uh yeah, just money and getting paid because I, I like just speaking from my own personal experience. I didn't really understand. Like I knew we didn't have a lot of money. I uh, I knew we couldn't afford much, but I really didn't understand or have a good understanding of like how much mortgage was or how much a light bill was or like what a car payment should be. Or should you even have a car payment or anything like that? Or but like do you think where learning all that in high school would change your decisions yeah i would think so because if you have an understanding of how much you'll actually get paid and what you need to pay by the time you graduate in high school it's kind of like incentive or even a motivation to 
try harder or know what you want earlier in life um like maybe a career path and understanding like well it's going to take this much time before i actually make this i can make this kind of money or i can learn this skill or this trade and start making money right away and know that i'll make more the better i get the more experience i get the the greater the skill i have um and like right now, and especially when I was going through school, the only thing that was taught was like, hey, if you if you graduate high school, go to college, get a degree, you'll get a good job that pays good money. But good money and that whole decision-making tree or whatever, just it's never fully thought out or explained to you. It's just go to school, go to school, go to school, graduate, get a job, and then live your life. That's about it. And that's how I saw it. Yeah, I mean, like, I understand your thought process, but I don't think taking the time out and teaching that in school makes a difference. Like, I don't think if you showed someone, like, this is how much money you could make and this is how much money your bills would be, like, I don't think that would resonate with a high schooler. Because I think a lot of times that comes through experience. And that's not the right answer. Like, you can break it down and show it. But I think trying to teach people that skill when they're 15, 16 years old. And, like, I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong. I just have a differing opinion than you. But I just, I don't think it would be beneficial at that age. And the reason is, like, they're not paying the light bill. So you can explain, like, how much a mortgage can be. But my immediate thought process, like, if I'm a 15-year-old sitting in the classes, well, I just won't pay that much for a house. I just won't leave my lights on, right? Like you think through all these things, but until reality hits of like fucking paper towels cost $30, you know, like until you start experiencing that with your own, as long as you always have it readily available to you, the lessons aren't going to stick. And like I know people are probably going to strongly disagree with me, but that's, that's kind of my thought process on it. Like, and I don't know. Yeah. But outside of finances, I think there are plenty of things that could be taught in school. And I would say if I had to choose anything, my number one thing would be, uh, communication skills. Well, like, yeah, I think that's a big one too. Yeah. Uh, but I would rather pick, uh, <coughs> yeah, finances over communication. I don't know. They're, they're both, pretty high on the list but how do you like negotiate a good job if you can't communicate well yeah but if sometimes you don't need the communication skill to have like a legit skill that'll get you paid yeah yeah you still i mean you still need communication skills and it's that's why it's just i don't know one over the other is kind of hard i think there are aspects of finance that should be taught i just i think the in-depthness of what you're thinking of finances i don't think in my own personal opinion, I don't think would be beneficial to high schoolers. I don't know. I, just think, like, I just think it's more relatable because, I mean, you're talking about it that it won't resonate with kids. But, I mean, once you start hitting 15 and 16 and working age and you might even actually get a job, like it does become, uh, it does resonate with those kids. Um, like, especially if you don't have much. And, I mean, you think algebra and history and some of that stuff is really resonating with kids 
half of them are just trying to memorize shit to pass. Yeah. No, I don't think that stuff's like resonating and I don't think that it's particularly necessary to teach like certain things that are actually taught in school. But yeah, I I don't know. Like we have very differing opinions um, on this topic, but I, I just think that telling a 15 year old, like this is how much a mortgage is, or this is how much rent is. And this is how much a power bill is. um, It would be the same as like telling them dates in history. Like it's good information to know, but like, I don't know. I just, I don't see it being beneficial at that, that point in their lives. Um, Like, I think life skills, things that they would have to learn how to do. um, Because when you're in high school, and you have like, well, I'm not talking about like, families who are struggling, and their kids are like working to make ends meet and things like that. I'm talking about like the normal kid that's in high school. Um, like, yeah, they're going to be 16 years old and they're going to get a job, but that money, like it's not going to rent. It's not going to the light bill. It's not going to pay their cell phone. Like they're making money literally just to have money to spend on whatever they want to spend it on. Um, but you do have the kids who, um, who are paying bills and stuff like that. And I think that skill is learned before they're ever in in a place to be able to learn that like yeah but how like imagine those kids started working but like knowing that you could even do something like invest or save or something like that yeah but the kids who are doing it to pay the bills do you think they have the option to invest and save maybe i don't know if they're literally working to pay the bills for their parents, I don't think that's an option for them. I don't know, because like, and I'll give you an example, and you're probably not going to like this example, but like we got the kids a green light card, and you recently started telling them, like if you invest this money, you can get it out at this time, and everything you invest, I'll match, right? Mm -hmm. So you're teaching them about investing, But what I heard through overhearing your conversation is if I put this money here, you're going to give me extra money and that money's already spent before it even goes into that account. So they're not learning investing. They're not learning what saving money is like. They're learning that you're going to give me extra money so that I can buy the shit that I want to buy that's more expensive. Because that money that the kids are putting in the investment account, they already have a running tally of the date that that money can come out that they can spend on something. And so it's not that they're investing it to gain money or understand wealth or understand the premise of investing. It's you're giving me extra money so that I can buy something nicer. Yeah, but I still I still think it's teaching them the lesson. Uh, so I see it the other way. I still think it's teaching them the lesson of investing, or at at it, at least at the bare minimum, delayed gratification. Like they know they have to put money in to get more. And that's basically what investing is. And you have to wait to pull that money out, which is what they're doing. They have to wait a few months before they can put it out. And they don't get more money unless they put more in. Yeah. So that's the way I see it. Like when we invest, unless we're putting money in those investments, it's not going to grow. And same thing with theirs. And since they don't have like... Uh, 8% increase or whatever for investment, 
the only way I could see to make their money grow was to match whatever they put in. So instead of it just being a savings account where they're saving money um, until whatever date, their money grows by me matching what they're putting in. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, they might have a run and tell of what they're going to spend money on, but I mean, we would too, right? Like, no, I think there's a there's a premise to investing, right? It's for the long term, so that that like you're accruing wealth, basically to live off of, right? Like, you like we're not putting money in investments to go buy a Bentley. Yeah, but the kids don't have the foresight to think that long term. Like, which is back to my original thing, they're not old enough to learn the lesson yet. They're starting though. It's like it's it's uh. It's breadcrumbs. They're not going to learn the entire lesson. Like, obviously, they're not going to know all about invest. Just by doing this one simple thing, they're not going to know about all about investing whenever they get on their own. But they have an idea. They're introduced to it. So it's not such a foreign concept. Uh, by the time they start making their own money and they start working and they they read or hear about a 401k and they're like, oh, yeah, no, no, I I, I kind I get the idea. And they see, they see, they can see the benefits as opposed to like, no, I fucking need, I need this money right now. Like I want to get my Jordans. I want all this money right now. Yeah. I I don't know. I just, I have different thoughts on it. Yeah. So their long term is a few months down the road. Our long term is retirement age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that. Uh, I think that's your, I think you learned about finances very late in life compared to like learning in your early twenties and things like that. And I think because of that, you want other people to learn about it younger and younger and younger yes. without taking into account the, the life lessons that you learn through learning about it later. And I'm not saying people need to learn about it like super late in life, but I think trying to explain these concepts and make people understand as a 15-year-old, a 14-year-old, um, I, I don't see it. Just like like why I didn't get into the whole conversation with the kids and taking money and matching it is because I don't see the lesson in it. Like, Like, yes, but at the same time, we're just basically giving them extra money for later, that would be like saying, I'm not going to buy you shoes today, but I'll buy them for you next week. Because that's that, essentially what we're telling that them. That lesson's not going to click like right away. Like, hey, boom, you see this? I, I gave you more money because you put in. And they're going to be like, oh, cool. I got it. Maybe it may be a year, two years from now where it actually makes sense. Like, oh, shit. Like if I would have put in 100 bucks, I'd have 200 bucks by now. I mean, yeah. We're we're just talking in a circle. Like you're yeah. dead set on convincing me, and I'm not gonna be convinced. Like I have my thoughts, you have yours, so it's different. Well, I'm still gonna let them invest. <laughs> I'm not saying not to. <clears throat> I'm just saying I didn't get involved because I I don't see the point of it right now. What's your next question? I don't know. I'll put it up. Oh, um. 
If you could drop everything you're doing and go somewhere fun, where would you go? I'd go somewhere fun. Um, probably go play basketball. Yeah. That's my idea of fun. My brain immediately went to travel. And yours went to like local fun. Oh, yeah. I'm just thinking like quick <coughs> and easy fun. Not Like right now, if you could just drop everything and go drive somewhere. Where would you go? To go play basketball? Yeah. That's something that you enjoy and the kids enjoy? Uh, for me, I don't... Somewhere fun. I'd go get a massage. Just that, That's your idea Being the silent for 90 minutes. Getting all the stress worked out of my shoulders. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what else I do. Maybe like uh like if there was arcades, I'd probably still go there. Did you see they're opening up a new arcade downtown? It's called a barcade. A a barcade? Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. I wish yeah. they would bring them back. I it's would, pretty much like that place that was in Vegas. Uh insert coins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that place was awesome. Cuz not only did they have arcades, they had uh they had gaming consoles at the bar that you could, and they had screens above the the bar where you could play. That's how um, the one downtown's gonna be. That'd be awesome. I I would I can see arcades making a comeback. Like they already have the little ones you can buy at Walmart or Target or wherever, the little <laughs> pop up ones. I can see like arcades, like a, an actual arcade, uh, like in the eighties and nineties, make a comeback. Just like nineties clothes is making a comeback. I would I would imagine. Yeah. Like arcades, just imagine all the the forty year olds, thirty or forty year olds. I would just, I just imagine these teenagers wanting to go in, and it's just gonna be like a bunch of old people in there. Yeah, like I follow, like get out of here, grandpa. I follow this dude on TikTok, and he just has like <laughs> thousands of video games across a bunch of systems, from like Atari to Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Nintendo sixty four. Um, I don't know if he has like PlayStation and stuff. But there's a cart cartridge games, and his wall is just lined with all of them, and it's fucking crazy. But it's dudes like that, or like dudes like me, that would frequent those arcade places. Mm-hmm. I would bet you they'd make a fucking killing. I think initially, I think it's one of those things that go in stages. Like it would be really popular for a while, and then I think it would kind of die out. But it needs to be regular arcades, not like the. The ones you see at Peter Piper, where you you can you can ride the roller coaster, or whatever the fuck, yeah. or it needs or, to be like Pac Man, Donkey Kong. Yeah, or you you get tickets. Yeah, it has to be like the Pac Mans, Donkey Kongs, the the Street Fighters, the Tekkens, the the pinball machines, the Mortal Kombat's, yeah. shit like that. Uh, the fucking Ninja Turtles, all those arcades. It's yeah. got to be like action uh, arcade games. Yeah, because I think if you do it appropriately, um, you would do it without tickets. Like like a card, you know? So you put money on a card, you swipe the card, you play the games for like a quarter, 50 cents or whatever. And then based on your wins, it would get you drinks at the bar or like soda if you're not uh, old enough to drink. Yeah. Um, so it would be like you won... 200 tickets, get a free Coke. You won 500 tickets, get a free beer. (laughs) 
Uh, so it's like the like the kids when they turn in their tickets for yes. You're like, oh, I get a beer. Oh, that would be funny. A bunch of adults just ah, like, oh, calculate my tickets for <laughs> for drinks. <laughs> Holy shit. That's funny. that would get old quick. Be like, what the fuck? I'm 40. I'm just gonna hey, buy. A give beer. me a Bud Light. Here's my card. <laughs> Or BYOB for the arcade games. Yeah. Well, that will get too wild. That would be fucking awesome. It would be your your teenage self's dream <laughs> to be drinking and playing arcades. That'd be interesting. All right, what's your next question? Uh, let's see. Uh, another teaching one or. Uh, these are your questions. I don't know what your questions are. Let's see. What is a cause that is worth dedicating your life to? Ooh. It's a hard one. Dedicating your entire life to a cause. Um, I think that's just something that has to hit you personally. Yeah. Um, and like, what do you, what's the definition of a cause in this instance? Like, is it just dedicating your life to being a better person? Like, that's a cause. Is it dedicating your life to breaking generational boundaries that have been not generational non-boundaries? Um, I just... I don't know. That's that's a too hard a question for me. Like, the, I would say the cause that I've dedicated my life to is, like, the being a good mother to the kids. Because literally every decision I make through everything is about the family, about the kids. I don't about know if that's a that's a cause. That's that's just like that's just being a parent. Is it though? I I mean I think so. It should be. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't what, know. what about this one? Okay. Uh, what should parents stop teaching their children? Why should parents stop teaching their children? Um, I'm super guilty of this and I'm very aware that I, that I do this, but I think parents should stop, um, teaching their children that they don't have the option to say words back. Uh, so like if, if I'm getting onto the kids, I'm very guilty. Like, I just want to make this clear. I am very guilty of if I am saying something to the kids and they keep talking over me that I will tell them like, now is not the time to talk. Now's the time to listen. Um, but I never give them the chance to talk. And I think that breaks down communication. And I think it, it teaches them that when you get in a situation, you should not be able to express yourself. So I've, I've gotten better of it where like, I'll say my piece and then I'll tell them like, okay, now you can say something. And typically they'll be pissed and they're like, I don't want to say anything now. <laughs> but like, while I'm saying my piece, I'm not going to allow them to interrupt me because they need to know what I, why I'm saying what I'm saying. Like, is it a lesson? Did you do something wrong? You will listen to do me. Do you need to learn? And I don't need your excuse while I'm talking to you. You can give me your excuse after. But I do think that parents should stop teaching their kids that they don't have the chance to have their voice heard. That's a good one. And like I said, I know I have work to do, but it is something that I've, I've been 
like constantly trying to make myself aware of. I uh, I honestly think that impacts me, has impacted me, did impact me. I don't know. Growing up, uh, because uh, my mom was like that. Like, shut the fuck up! I'm talking. And then we would all shut the fuck up, and then she would be yelling, right? And yeah. it was like that most of the time, when she was pissed, or we were getting in trouble or whatever. Um, rarely was it like, all right, let me hear your side of the story or what's going on. It there was never a question. It was like, I'm yelling at you, and that's that. You shut up. I don't know. I think we're good about like. I mean, there are times like don't get me wrong, there are times where I will talk at the kids. And typically that is like a, it's a a learning point for them. Like you chose not to do your homework at home. You chose to stand there and tell me that you didn't have homework when you knew it was in your backpack. At that point, I don't want to hear your side of the story. Like I've already talked to your teachers. I've seen the homework in your backpack. I know that you looked me in the face and lied to me. Like that's not a conversation where the kids are going to argue back with me. That's a, this is what you did. This was the decision you made. And these are the consequences you're going to face for that decision. Um, but there are other times where somebody, like the teacher will say, hey, Elena had a bad day at school. Um, and I'll sit her down. And like we did it the other day at dinner. Like all we know right now is what the teacher said. So we need to know your side of the story. Like you tell us what happened from your perspective. And I think when they have that opening, they can like voice their concerns. Um, But I still think as a parent, we have to say like, okay, now that I know what the teacher said and now that I know what you said, you still have to understand what you did was wrong. And these are going to be the consequences of that. Um, But like I said, there are times when it's like you just hit your sister. I watched you do it. I don't want to hear what you have to say because you know that we don't express feelings through hitting. And if that's the case, then like in those instances, you don't get a talk back. But I I think that a lot of times because of the way we grew up and the way our, our parents were, um, we tend to jump to that enough is enough. I don't want to hear what you have to say. And it's, I think that's something that has to stop. Like, you have to be able to be heard. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, if nothing else, uh, we definitely listen and speak to our kids more than our parents did to us. Yes. What w- What was your answer? We just went on a rant about mine. Uh, what your parents stop teaching their children? Um, how this will t- it's kind of vague, but I'll see if I can make it make sense. So parents should stop teaching their children that change is wrong or being different is wrong um and let's see how can i explain this so like in my case um uh kind of like uh like the black sheep of my family i would say chewy i guess chewy started out but like uh leaving el paso breaking away from the family doing stuff that's outside of the social or cultural probably cultural norm of where we grew up and like just doing things differently wanting something different um wanting more you know just not like really falling in line with 
everything that you grew up with. Yeah. And like growing up, I like the older I get, the more I understand myself and the more I understand why some of the things that I do or think, uh, I don't even know how to explain this are why I'm affected the way that that I am. And it's just the way I grew up and I didn't understand a lot of stuff when I was growing up, but like, uh, Hispanic heritage, like everything's a big celebration or it's a big occasion, right? And everybody makes a big deal about it. It's always a party. Um, and my mom was one of those people where like, if there's a celebration, we're going to go all out. And I was never that kind of person. And like, I always just wanted low key things. Like if I wanted to celebrate, it was with people that I was close with people that I knew and just whatever. And every time like those huge celebrations kicked off, I was always very uncomfortable. And because of that, there was like a rift where, um, and I'm putting words in, in people's mouth, but it was things like, why, why are you so different? Or why are you being weird? Why are you being so, uh, basically like an asshole right and for me it's just like my introvert kicking in and not wanting all that exposure to that many people or yeah i mean i think all these things lead to how we parent right so there are times when um when people and i don't know if it has to do with like teaching your i mean i guess it does but like having your kids feel safe enough to like be able to tell you when they want or don't want something. So there have been times when people are like, Oh, like the kids can come to our house and the kids will be like, no. And I will totally be that person who is like, Hey, no, like we're not going to do that today. And I, I do get frustrated when people keep pushing it. You know, if I'm like, no, you know, we're just going to like, stay home today and people were like oh well like just let the kids go or blah and I'm like no (laughs) but I I think it's just important for the kids to to be who they are without feeling pressured into what we want them to be yeah if that's like kind of verbalizing it but um and I don't know I see it a lot but I do think it's based on like the social and the cultural upbringing of when we were kids. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, and and times change too. So, but like, uh, like going along with the whole being different or like change is wrong type deal. It's, uh, even if it's not necessarily like upfront, like where you're being told that's wrong or that's, it's, uh, there's always a passive aggressiveness where the subtleties. Yeah. Um, but like, um, let's take like you, for example, whenever, uh, I brought you home and like my aunt was like, Oh, she's white and doesn't speak Spanish. Like, that's wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. Like, why, why is it wrong? Why is that just because that's not the norm, like around the stuff we grew up, it's not wrong. Right. Or say way back then. So we're talking about eighties, early nineties. Like if I was gay and I came out as gay. Like I probably, uh, I would like to believe that my parents were, uh, progressive enough to, to be like, well, we accept you either way. But, uh, um, 
what about everybody else? I think everybody would kind of like shut you out, right? Yeah, I think it would be one of those like what you said, passive aggressive things where it's like, oh, we don't mind. But then everybody's talking about you. Yeah, I I don't know. And that's just me thinking. And then also like I left for the military. My brother did the same thing. Um, I, I don't really know how much he went through or if he went through it at all. But like when I left, it was it was almost like a guilt trip. Like, oh, why are you leaving your family? Why are you when are you coming back? Why don't you ever come and visit? Like you're just like you've changed. What what the hell's going on? And I mean, now I see it as like when people tell me I've changed, it's, I see it as a good thing. Like, yeah, I have changed. Like, yeah. I'm not the same. I'm not the same person that I was. 10 years ago i'm barely the same person that i was a year ago so like and i like to see that as a good thing um but yeah like leaving or like in the hispanic culture it's like everything's about like big family gatherings or like you're taking care of all the family and i don't i don't want to like the taking care of all the family like my parents took care of my grandparents and as noble as that is, it was hell on them. I don't want to do that. So, like, my parents, uh, like, if I ever had to take care of them, I will, right? I don't want to. And I will probably go out of my way to make sure that that doesn't happen. But if it's necessary, it will happen. And that's the kind of thing, like, people are hearing that and are probably like, oh, man, that's fucked up. Like, this guy's fucked up. But, you know, when when that caught me was, we were talking, I think it was, one of your aunt maybe monica i don't know we were at your mom's house and we were talking about my grandmother and like how i was very close to her and she passed away and i was pregnant with braylon at the time and i couldn't fly home for her funeral and i was like super upset about it and we were talking about like how she was in the nursing home and um like you know i would always go see her but she had dementia but she would always remember me and the fact that i was in the military and they were like extremely upset and like I don't want to say berating but like a little bit berating that my grandmother was in a nursing home like we would never do that like we always take care of our own people and I'm like there's nothing wrong with someone living in a nursing home to alleviate a burden on your own family you know like somebody has to stop working somebody has to stay home all the time or you have to have a stranger in your house at all times um and they were like, well, that, that's just what we do for our family. And I was like, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying, like, there's nothing wrong with my grandmother being in a nursing home. Like, yeah, she was very well taken care of. We saw her, like, my dad went and saw her every day. But they just were not having it. And I was like, like, it's okay that that, that happened. But, yeah, it was not well received, shall I say. Yeah. And that's the type of thing, like, uh if it's different from what you're used to or what you grew up with or what you've lived with the the majority of your life, it's like more than frowned upon, right? They basically you're like you were saying, berated about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just different. And like growing up, I could see that a lot in a lot of the stuff I did. Um, and going back, I think about it now, the more I think about it, like, or when you have your, like your random daydreams and you think about stuff in the past, it starts making sense on like maybe why you didn't fit in or why you felt a certain way about this one thing when everybody else didn't, yeah. if that makes any sense. Yeah. You know, 
And it gets me because it's normally underhanded comments. Like, like when your nephew was talking to us about joining the military and we were telling him like the benefits of joining the military and like how much it's done for us. And we were getting shit on. (laughs) Everybody shit on joining the military. And it's like, like we're right here, you know, like, like we're physically in the military. Yeah. And they were literally saying things like, like stupid people join the military. Like you're ruining your life. If you join the military, Without really thinking that, like, hey, you're directly talking about us. Yeah. I Like, the conversation, I was trying to just talk to him, but I was getting so internally frustrated of, yeah, like, the benefits of joining the military, especially when you have no direction in life. Like, you don't know what you want to do. You don't want to go to college. You don't have, like, like, your life set up. You're just kind of lost trying to figure out what's next the military is a spectacular option you know and just for it to be shit on so much when it's like mm -hmm. at one point i was just like i don't know what i don't have anything else to say just like yeah like i can tell you what my experiences are and then you can make your decision but i mean every time that he really got like invested in joining the military it was kind of like what you're talking about like he got berated so much because that was something that he wanted to do that he just didn't do it. Like yeah. he turned it off and I think that's hard. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. So I don't know. All that to say, um, that parents shouldn't should stop teaching their children that basically there's only one way to go about things or change is wrong or different is bad. Yeah. Cause it's all untrue. All right, what's your next question? Where are we on time? We've got about 15 minutes. All right. Um, When making decisions, do you put more trust in facts or in feelings? Feelings. And are you pleased with most most of your decisions made this way? Oh, man. I would say a lot. Oh, man. I don't know. Yeah, I think a lot of my feelings, or not my feelings, a lot of my decisions are based off of feelings. Uh, I don't know. A lot of them are like, I don't want to say 50-50, but both are taken into account. I think my initial knee-jerk reaction is 100% always made off of feelings. Yeah. Like if something comes up, without verbalizing it, my brain will immediately make a decision based off of my feelings. But because my brain works the way it does, after that decision is made, like, for example, do you want to cook dinner tonight? No. Like, <laughs> right? Decision is made. No. But then the facts will come. Um, do I have time to make dinner tonight? Do we have groceries at home? Will the kids eat better if I cook dinner at home? Will we sit around the table and have meaningful family conversations if I make dinner at home? Or... Is it faster for me to pick up fast food? Are we all going to sit around the table and have meaningful conversations if we're eating cheeseburgers and fries? And I think those options, even though like when you're speaking them out, it takes a long time to say them, but those, those thoughts are almost rapid fire. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the facts that are happening. It's not like question by question rolling through my head. It's kind of like all happening at the same time. (coughs) But 
while my initial reactions are 100% of the time made on feelings in my brain, the decisions that I overall will make, um, I would say about 80% are based off of hard evidence. Facts. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even want to put a number to it or... I'm just trying to think about the day-to-day stuff. and like So the one that came to mind when I read the question was, where are we going to go next? Right? My feelings tell me the basis that I would like to be stationed at. I would like to be stationed in Ohio. I would like to be stationed at Tampa. Like there are places that I would like to go to based off of feelings, right? Like it's close to home. It's on the East Coast. The ocean is nearby. I want to live in the water, like by the water again. Um, There's a lot of things that play off of the reasons that I make those based on feelings. But then when I think about facts, is it feasible for both of us to be stationed there? Is there a good gymnastics place for the kids? What is the rating on the schools that our children are going to attend? How much time is it going to take to travel to and from work every day? Like when you take all those facts into account, then it's like all the options I just said on places we could be stationed are not feasible based off of facts. Uh, Those are just feeling choices. (laughs) And then we get to the facts of what what we really could maybe be stationed at and have to take that into account. Yeah, I don't know. Like my my initial reaction is I think a lot of my decisions are based off of feeling. But uh, like I do research a bunch of stuff. So it's not to say that I don't incorporate facts into my decision. So it's a little bit mix of, of both. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think... Uh, also like when you're taking that into account it's you have to take into account the topic of the decision yeah 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 yeah. so all right here's my final question all right how much do you know about the world outside your country um not as much as i would like to yes not as much as i would like to but probably more than the average person more than the average person I would agree, just because of the nature of our jobs. Yep. The nature uh, of our jobs. Um, and I... I think, I, I think people ahead. see... People know headlines, but don't know a lot further... A lot... Any more than that, if that makes yeah, any sense. I think people know headlines and tourist attractions. Oh, like, yeah. like when... Like an example that I always go to when I talk about, and I don't want to say I talk about this topic a lot, but when people are like, I know a lot about the world. And I'm like, do you? Yes. Where is Egypt at? Like point to it on a map. Yeah. Like what continent would you say Egypt lies on? What do you know about Egypt other than it has some pyramids? Yeah. Um, And you start going through that. And I'll tell you a book that I didn't want to read that I ended up reading while deployed, The Alchemist. Yes. My brain didn't realize all of those countries that are happening in that book. I literally had to look at the map in the beginning multiple times. I felt real stupid. (laughs) But I I think you nailed it when you said, like, people know headlines. Because 
I can't tell you, and obviously I'm just going to what I know because I'm in the military, like what pops off on my brain, but I can't tell you the amount of arguments that I have had with my dad about (laughs) Iraq and Afghanistan. It is so frustrating. Or when I told him that I read the Quran, like when I was reading portions of it, you would have thought I built a shrine and started worshiping Satan right in his front yard. Like... He was not having it. And when I, like, we tried, I tried to explain to him, like, religions and what all this stuff means. Like, he's just, burp. And so I quit talking to the topic with him about it. But um, I think there's just so much to know and so little interest in knowing more than what's on the news. Um, which is one of the reasons I don't like to watch the news because it's extremely depressing. Well, that's all it is. It's just all <laughs> negativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, it's all that for a reason because that's what people are uh, attracted to. Yeah. Like if you see nothing but good news stories on the news, you're going to lose viewership. That's true. Um, I don't know. I think I think we do really well at um, culturizing our kids. Is that the right word? Culturizing? Is that a word? Uh, like uh, making our kids be aware of things outside of the United States. They're d- so they're definitely exposed. Uh, exposed a lot more to different cultures than like us like you growing up in Tennessee and me growing up in in El Paso uh, we were pretty much like sheltered to one basic culture right Um, like my eyes weren't really open until I went to college and then even more so when I joined the military and and started in basic because it was just like a bunch of us from all over the place um, going through the same thing. So you're like even, uh, you you become a close-knit group. And, of course, you start talking and you start realizing like, oh, man, like everybody has way different experiences in life than Mm -hmm. uh, what I had. Like there's a whole whole world out there. And the kids are um, lucky enough that, They've gone to different schools and lived in different areas uh, that they've got to experience a lot. Because a lot of the kids, a lot of the schools they go to are, they're atten- yeah, they're attended by other military kids, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's just the local kids that have always lived there. So they see <clears throat> m- all, all sides. Yeah, there's, um, I will say... In our old house here in San Angelo, um, we lived out in the community. We we bought a house here. So <coughs> there was a lot of kids who have never gone anywhere outside of San Angelo. Um, their parents are from here. All the things, right? And when the kids would try to explain things to them, like, oh, we lived in Florida. And Braylon's like, I was born in Las Vegas and all these things. And these other kids, like, their brains can't fathom that yeah you know or like when we talk about where we want to move next the kids start asking questions that that i would say a lot of people just wouldn't think about when you're moving like what stores do they have there what are the restaurants like what like what grades are the schools and i say that because florida's weird it has like a primary and secondary school so they want to know if it's like a regular elementary or if it's primary secondary and um, just all these things and I don't know it catches me off guard sometimes when the kids just get interested in things because of the stuff they're seeing like 
Dallas is, she's seven now, but one of her friend's parents were getting stationed in Japan. Do you remember this? Yeah. And she like went through a stint of wanting to learn like everything about Japan, what kind of food <laughs> they eat, where's the country at. Like she just wanted to know where her friend was going. She was very curious about it. Um, and she was like looking at pictures and everything of it. And I just thought it was the cutest thing, yeah. but I do, uh, I think it's. Yeah. It's that's one, that's one of those things. Uh, it's not weird to them. Yeah. Or like moving to another country. So like for most kids moving to another town would be like fucking the craziest shit ever. Right. Yeah. To our kids or even other military kids, like the thought of moving, um, is not, it's not a crazy thought. And then the thought of moving to another country is also not so crazy. It's just like, Oh, well, I guess we're going to move to another country. Although the kids haven't lived in another country. Um, the thought or Braylon's the possibility talking about it a lot yeah or the possibility that that it could happen they know that it's there yeah like if you would have told me when i was little it's like hey you know what we could we might be able to go or we might move to germany my first question was like what the fuck is germany <laughs> what is a germany <laughs> yeah what is a germany like what is what is germany you're talking about um like that would just I don't know. It would uh, it would be extremely crazy to me, and just I wouldn't be able to process that information. It's just like how you were saying, like with the other kids in the neighborhood, they don't really understand, um, yeah. or don't process that the way that uh, the, the our kids do or other military kids do. I don't know. I think like um, we also are able to share our experiences with the kids. You know. Yeah. Like, you went TDY to Germany multiple times, and you were able to bring the kids back things from Germany and show them pictures and talk through, like, your experiences there and things like that. Um, and the same, like, when I went to Afghanistan and I went through Ireland and I got to, like, take pictures in Ireland and uh, take pictures in Afghanistan and show them that and also, like, show them on a map where that is. Um, I think those experiences that we get to share with them, they... I don't want to say like live through our experiences, but get to see things that other people wouldn't get to. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I guess going back to me personally, um, there is a lot of places that I want to visit and a lot more things that I want to know about the world um, in general, other countries. But I do think overall I have a firmer grasp than just like your average person who is an American citizen. Yeah. And it, it's crazy how little people know about the outside world. I mean, there's people that just get trapped in their neighborhoods or their towns and like, that's all they know. Um, and I guess, I guess you can't blame them. Right. Cause like what, what more do you need to know if you're comfortable in your town and you're living your life and you're fine? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I can see that side, but yeah, like I felt stupid the other. I told you about this, but I went to go get my ID uh, renewed, and the kid that was do doing my ID, I call him a kid, but he's like 19 or something like that. Uh, that he was doing my ID. He was from Nigeria, originally from Nigeria. He he immigrated to to the states and then joined the, the air force. And I was talking to him. We were just making conversation, and he had a really thick accent, super thick accent. So I was like, Oh, so uh, like I told him, I was like, you speak really good English. 
like how was the language barrier like did you learn pretty quick or how did that work he's like uh <laughs> he's like uh we speak english in my country like that's our primary language i was like oh well i feel stupid like i apologize he's like no it's okay it happens more often than you think and i was like man i'm a fucking dumb american and then uh but he goes like in africa most western countries in africa their primary language is english there's still some like native language uh yeah. but the primary is english so i think when people think about africa in general and this is i'm very much generalizing so like don't get your feelings hurt i'm not trying to like in any way down talk anybody but i think that most people think about africa and their brains immediately go to like tribal africans yeah you know not like that africa has countries that are like full up functioning like countries and so i learned <laughs> i went to an africom course when we were in in florida and the first day of the course they gave us a blank map of africa and was like label the label the countries in africa yeah and i was like brazil that's not even in africa um but i was labeling i was like look at this skinny little guy what is it i knew egypt was in africa i knew djibouti was in africa and i start going through and i was like i know nothing about this continent except that it's a continent right um and my brain goes to these things like we have a base here in djibouti like that's common i know that's there but I start looking through this map of Africa and I'm like, I literally don't know anything about this continent at all. Other than like I just said, my brain immediately went to like tribal African areas. And then as I went through the course, I started learning like, dang, these are like, like countries that have, they're just like regular countries, right? They have functioning economies and like electricity and running water and in my brain like that wasn't a thing in Africa again my sheltered Tennessee brain like don't judge me but I just I wasn't aware of these things and then you think about it and your brain doesn't go to these people speak English right yeah you think of like they speak an African tribal language which is very much still present because there are a lot of African tribes in Africa but it's not the primary anymore like those countries are becoming established yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think about, but like, uh, I don't know statistics, but English is spoken. It, it's probably like the most commonly spoken language in I'd, the I'd world. Ha- yeah. I think it's Arabic. Is it Arabic? I think so. uh, but like, Americans are just fucking assholes, man. Like, mm-hmm. we're we're a bunch of assholes. We, we show up places, and I'm generalizing too, but this is just how I feel about it. Uh, like, we show up places. And we expect people to know English or to be able to communicate with us, right? Yeah, I was way off. Mm-hmm. Number one is Chinese. Number two is Spanish. Number three is English. Four is Hindi. And five is Arabic. Okay. Yeah. Like, how... It's just, it's just, when you think about it, it's just weird. Like, how we would show up to another country and expect somebody to know English. Yep. Like how pretentious is that? How much of an how much of an asshole are we that that's the expectation for us? And you know what is like the frustrating part about it is 
We expect that in America. Like, we expect in America that people should speak English. Yeah. And then we go on vacation to places like Mexico. Yeah. And we're mad that people in Mexico, whose primary language is Spanish, can't speak my... Like, you should know what I'm saying <laughs> because I'm in your country. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go to France, and you should be able to understand me because this is France. Yeah. Like, come on, guys. Right? Like, are you so, fucking kidding me? You don't know English? Yeah, and it's... But then here in America... You see people getting frustrated. It's like, oh, why do I have to press two uh, for English or yeah. Spanish or whatever? Like, this is bullshit. There should only be one option, English. Yeah. It's it's like, hey, asshole, this country was founded on immigrants. It's tough, yeah. I just, I don't know. I do, I do think that Americans are very pretentious. And I think it's mainly due to the fact that they are not aware of the country outside of America. Like, yeah. this is what they know. This is what they grew up on. And I would venture to say a lot of the people, at least a lot of the people that I know have never left the United States in any capacity. Yeah. Um, And I mean, I was, I was old. Like, the first time I ever left the country when we went on our cruise. Yeah. When I went to Afghanistan? Cruise. The cruise. Yeah, when I went on a cruise. So, went to Mexico, two ports. That was it, right? Like, it was very tourist-driven. Yeah. So, America, like, there was English speakers there. And then when I went to Afghanistan, like, we stopped in um, in Ireland. And then we went to Afghanistan. Well, we stopped in other places. But, like, when we went to Kuwait, like, they are not happy with us there. Like, I won't say they're not happy with us there, but like they, you can tell that they're like, you're new Americans to our country. And yeah. And you want us to bend to your will. And, yeah. And that's the rep that we have like around the world, right? It's like, Oh, fucking Americans. Like, and then we, I guess we Americanize everything or we American everything up. What I'm trying to say is like, we are very, uh, culturally insensitive so like we'll go to another country and not really even like put a second thought into respecting the culture or anything most people you say culturally insensitive i say we are very entitled well that (laughs) i think it's the same thing like uh what's a an example that i use it was funny um so when i deployed to iraq uh we had iraqi translators working with us and so we were all sitting around a fire pit uh, one night. And so when you show, when you lift up your feet and the bottom of your foot is exposed, especially in someone's direction, it's like very offensive in, I don't know if that's Muslim culture or, I, or Iraqi specific. Um, I don't know. But if you show the bottom of your feet, it's pretty much like I'm flipping you off. Yeah, and uh, we were sitting around. We were sitting around the fire, and my LT he like crosses his legs, and the bottom of his foot is facing one of our translators, and he's like, the translator told him, he's like, do you mind uncrossing your legs and putting your feet down? Um, like that's very disrespectful, and my LT knew this, but then he goes, no, yeah, yeah, I know, but that's only to Iraqis. And the translator's like, I'm Iraqi. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm from Iraq. He's like, oh, yeah. 
Oh, my bad, dude. Yeah, so it says in Arab, Muslim, and Hindu and Buddhist countries, showing the soles of your feet is a sign of great disrespect. They're considered the lowest and dirtiest part of the body since they touch the dirty ground all day. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what happened. And I, didn't, it was, I didn't know that until right now. Yeah. And uh, so he just kind of like shrugged it off. But you could tell like our translator was just he was uh, he wasn't happy. Yeah. And then the fact that like uh, an American just didn't put one and one together like yeah he's he's from here like why would you do that right and you're looking at him you know he's a translator you know that he's he's foreign right like it's common knowledge that all of our translators come from uh unless they're wearing like uniform with rank and 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 they enlisted they're from that country right (laughs) and he was just like oh yeah that's all it's only for iraqis like, yeah what but the fuck? another thing that i think we take for granted and i'll stop talking so we can wrap this up but is like before we go to other countries even if it's like a country where we have an established american presence right like france germany um you have to take cultural classes to learn about that country yeah like what's respectful what's disrespectful um all these things right like in I think Iraq's the same. Like you just don't touch people with your left hand, right? Like it's yeah. you don't. Sh- is it your left hand that you sh- you don't with your right hand? I don't know. I haven't like obviously it's been a while since I've done my cultural classes, right? But um, you take these cultural classes, and I think people think of them as an inconvenience. Like yeah. I just want to click through these slides and be done with this, and I'll figure it out when I get there. Yeah. Instead of like taking the time to learn about where you're about to go live for an extended period of time. Um, So, and I think that just plays into like the standard American entitlement. But, and and that's for the military, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and granted, like in deployment that we're going to hostile places, but uh, still, I would imagine that like big companies that have their people travel to foreign countries would make them attend some kind of cultural class, right? But the average American, the average person that's just traveling to another country just to travel to another country for whether, um, I don't know, they're buying something or they're just visiting tourism, whatever it is. Like, you think they're they're taking cultural classes like that? Like, they might Google some stuff. Like, what should I need? Top 10 things I need to know yeah. in this country. But they're not doing any kind of deep dive or any real studying mm-hmm. about the country, right? They probably saw, like, the pyramids. Like, oh, man, the pyramids would be fucking awesome to go visit. Uh, how do I get there? How much is it going to cost? Do you think? But you know, there, there's certain stuff that I think you just don't know. Like you can do all the research in the world, but there are some things you just don't know. For example, like, do you remember the trainee who wouldn't look at you and you were getting frustrated with him? But like you later learned that making eye contact with someone in a superior position is disrespectful. Yeah. So he would like always just, like lower his eyes or um i don't know it's just like in asian countries you bow but if you bow too much it's like you're you're americanizing it you're taking away the the meaning behind it so a lot of times they're like just stay in your lane friend yeah like or like one of the uh i can't remember it was japanese or what but every time uh when I was an MTI, every time the trainee would give me something or hand me something or 
like dismiss himself. It, it was like uh, when he would hand me something, he would put, I don't know, I don't remember which hand it was, but he would put the other hand under his elbow like it was supporting it, and that's how he would hand me things. Like he's presenting something yeah, to you? Yeah, so like here's my 341 or here's the the message, whatever it is. Like whatever he was handing me, that's that's how he handed he would hand it to me like halfway through. I was like, why, why do you always do that? I figured it was something cultural, right? But I, I didn't know. So I asked him, he's like, Oh yeah, it's just uh, a sign of respect. Whenever you, you hand some, somebody, something like that. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Good to know. I think there's just a lot, a lot to be learned. Um, and unless it's going to immediately affect you, I don't think people are willing to take the time to learn it. Yeah. And I, I mean, that goes, that's the same for me too. Like, unless it's something that's going to immediately affect me, I'm not going to take the time to like learn that. Yeah. And that's probably the wrong answer, but that's an accurate, truthful answer. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Us as Americans, we're, I think we're, we're very entitled if, especially if we, tra- we do foreign travel. Yes. Like, I don't know. I, I, I went to Germany and I tried to learn a little bit, but I didn't. I didn't do any kind of deep dive or anything like that on the German culture or trying to learn German while I was there. I tried to learn German words and stuff, but like I didn't go in in there without any, with any real preparation. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I was going around to restaurants and I would still speak English. Luckily, most of the restaurants around there, because it's so many Americans around, most of the restaurants yeah. spoke English. So it was like, if I went to a more remote place in Germany, I'd, probably be fucked yeah yes but uh okay i think we can wrap it up there yeah it was fun americans are assholes (laughs) there's just a lot to be learned there is all right any closing remarks peace out cub scouts all right peace out cub scout peace out cub scouts we'll see y'all next week later later